Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. We've got some updates here, um, and I mean, we're kind of going to be shifting, uh, well, you know, the coverage and how how we cover the how I cover the um, the Israeli Hamas war. Um, and that's what I'm calling it. I'm not aware if there's been a, uh, um, I don't know, a branding effort by uh, the big networks and such. But I'm going to be, you know, trying to work in other topics because it, it can't keep consuming um, everything in the program unless, you know, events warrant it. So uh, we have a lot of events, though, so I'm going to kind of run through a couple of them real quick uh, for your update here as to where we are. Um, so first off, a bunch of Hamas leadership has been killed. Uh, the latest confirmation comes from Hamas itself. Uh, Chief Hamas commander has been killed in Israel's bombing of the Gaza Strip, marking the most significant assassination by Israeli forces since the start of the war. This according to TheMessenger.com. Ayman Nofal, the commander of the Central Gaza Brigade, was killed as a result, quote, of a barbaric Zionist bombing that targeted the Barrage camp in the central Gaza Strip. Um, at least six other Hamas leaders have been killed in recent days, according to the Israeli military, including two Hamas commanders who Israel says were involved in the October 7th attacks. Members of Hamas's political wing, there it is again, because it's totally different, have also been struck by Israeli strikes. Israel's top target as it hunts down Hamas leaders is Yahya Sinwar. The guy's last name is Sinwar, really? The man in charge of Hamas in Gaza, he's considered by Israel to be the mastermind behind the group's surprise strike earlier this month. So, uh, and this was according to you know, Hamas, they were posting these, uh, uh, this announcement on, what is it, the Messenger app, I think is what it is. So, just one note here. If I understand the reporting standards correctly, it is that I am not to trust the IDF on anything. I'm not to trust the Israeli government on anything. And probably just to be safe, don't trust any Jewish person on any information, eyewitness accounts, or anything like that, unless, of course, it's in defense of Palestinians or against Israel, but definitely not any kind of information on atrocities uh, from the original attack. But I must trust Hamas um, whenever they tell me anything. I think this is, I think this is the standard. So don't trust the Jews, but trust Hamas. Like when Hamas says, we have no idea where the hostages are. That's what they have said today. And we, I don't know. I mean, they took them, right? It was their operation. They took them, but we, 
we are to believe that Hamas has no idea where any of the hostages are, even though they've released some videos now of some of the hostages, you know, literally hostage videos, where you get the hostage to sit there and like, I'm being treated very well, even though like this poor girl's arm is bent at some odd angle, it's completely mangled and See, look, we treat her very well. What are you talking about? So we're supposed to believe Hamas on their ignorance of the hostage locations, but we uh, also must trust them that they know exactly how many people have died. Right? They know where all the dead are. They could do a body count on all of the dead from the Zionist uh, Israelis bombing all of the civilians. They know that number, but they do not know where the hostages are. Otherwise, I suspect they would totally turn them over. I don't even know how these hostages got here. Some people did some things, to quote Ilhan Omar. Which, by the way, you know, she called um, she called Jim Jordan because you know they're still trying to figure out the uh, the speakership. You know, she calls Jim Jordan a, a terrorist, which is obviously not true because if Jim Jordan was a terrorist, she would be supporting him. I think that's clear. At least six Hamas leaders have been killed in recent days. And Iran now is, uh, they're now threatening to get in on the action. Um, Iran has stepped up its fiery rhetoric. I'm not sure, by the way, this is according to Newsweek. I'm not sure if it is fiery, but mostly peaceful rhetoric. But it is described as fiery rhetoric. It's not aggressive. It's not threatening. It's just, you know... It's like fiery. It's like that, what was that, the, the news story there at the top of the hour that Brandon Dixon did, WBT News. He was like, they're doing a story on the, this pepper, this Carolina Reaper pepper that a guy in Fort Mill invented by crossbreeding a bunch of other peppers. And now he's made one that is like three times as hot as the Carolina Reaper pepper. And he, and he tasted it, and he said, it lit him up for like three hours and then he started getting muscle cramps and stuff. And he was like stomach, stomach pain. He was like keeled over at a commission for an hour or two. Why guys, I think you could stop. Like you, you, you hit the boundary. You got there. Like, congratulations. Let's just like dial it back a little bit. Nobody wants to eat. Who would want to eat that? Oh yes. Let me, Hey, you know what? Why don't you head on down to Mexico and just start drinking Water like, like right out of the tap, or like right off of the street, like the runoff or something. Like, why would you? Like you're you're poisoning yourself. You realize that, right? It's it's your that's food poison. Okay. So Iran is stepping up its fiery rhetoric towards the United States and the West amid concerns that the Israel-Hamas war could spill over into the wider region. Okay. Why would it spill over into the wider region? Hamas launched the attacks from Gaza. Israel has been telegraphing that they're doing a ground invasion into Gaza. Why would there be a wider war? Unless, of course, some other people started attacking Israel. And then Israel responded, right? That's how you get a wider conflict, is other people try to take the opportunity to hit Israel in a multi-front war, right? That, that's how that happens. Oh, and by the way, Iran itself backs one of the militias, Hezbollah, 
as well as some others. But Hezbollah being the big one, Islamic Jihad, I believe, is the other. And so they they very well know what Hezbollah's plans are. So a good way to uh, to keep it from spilling over into the wider region is to, you know, not attack the Jews. I know, I know, I'm asking you to do something that's like, that's your founding mission. I understand. So, um, Tehran gives moral and financial support to Hamas, which controls the Gaza Strip, and whose militants, don't call them terrorists, Newsweek, attacked southern Israel, killing over 1,400 people and taking 200 hostages, according to the Associated Press. You notice what is now, so I've described this process before. It happens all the time in journalism by you know, for reasons of logistical efficiency and um, and it, it it just helps when you're telling a story and that goes on for a longer period of time as you uh, start editing down the sentences because you're trying to keep people you know okay this is the root of it this is the uh, the thing that happened and so but it, you got to explain that as you keep doing updates on the stories and. You know, in the back in the old days when you were limited uh, by newspaper column inches and that sort of thing, you didn't have a web page where you could put all this information on it or, uh, you know, radio, television, you're limited by the clock. And so you, you're you trying to always write tighter. And so you create these boilerplate, these template kind of sentences to describe an ongoing story. And this is it. This is what is now becoming the template, the boilerplate language. Here it is. Tehran or uh that Gaza militants or Palestinian militants or Hamas militants, right, militants attacked southern Israel, killing over 1,400 people and taking 200 hostages. That's the template. And what does it ignore? It ignores the atrocities. Right? This is, this is a PR cover. They don't mention any of the other atrocities that were carried out. They just make it sound like, oh, you know, they ran across the border, they killed some people, and then they ran back, and they took some people with them. They leave out all of the stuff about the baby beheadings, despite what the leftists want to say that did occur. There's corroboration of all the raping, right, the beheadings of people, the the burning alive of people. Like, all of these atrocities that occurred, they get they get washed away. Israel conducted a bombing campaign in Gaza, which local officials say has killed at least 2,800. Oh, so it's twice as many. Okay. Is that proportional? Is that a real number? See, because a lot of people that were very skeptical of the raping stories and the beheading stories, they're very, they're, they're very uh, quiet about Hamas's death toll count. The members, get this, they call themselves the Axis of Resistance. Did you catch that, lefties? Iran is using your language. The axis of resistance. You might want to look at your bumper. Maybe get that sticker off of it. Or not, I guess. Maybe not. You want to leave it on there. So Iran has some fiery uh, rhetoric um, saying that it is um, a member of the axis of resistance. An informal... Anti-Israel, anti-Western, and anti-Saudi alliance between Iran and regional militant groups, according to Newsweek.com. They have outlined their thresholds for intervening in the war, which included Tehran only intervening if Israel attacked Iran. 
Okay, that was what they had said. But they're liars. After the U.S. deployed two aircraft carriers and supporting ships to the eastern Mediterranean in a warning to Tehran and ahead of a visit to Israel by President Joe Biden, the Ayatollah Ali Khamenei's advisor, Mohammad Javad Larajani, said that U.S. military intervention on behalf of Israel, quote, would be a strategic mistake. Well, you didn't listen when our guy told you if you were thinking about intervening. (sighs) (sighs) And if that didn't scare Iran off, I mean, I don't know what would. He told Iranian television that it would mean that the U.S. would become a legitimate target for the resistance fighters in the entire region. So wait, 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 wait. Hang on. I want to be clear here. You're warning against it becoming a wider conflict. But then you're saying you got resistance fighters, quote, in the entire region. I, I got to tell you guys, I'm getting the feeling, I'm getting the feeling that some of the uh, axis of resistance might not be completely honest in, uh, in their motivations or their tactics. You know, I'm starting to wonder if like the stuff that they say for public consumption is not true. We'll try to suss it out. Hey, so real quick, hurricane season is here, and this is your reminder to check your emergency supplies. You should have a three-day supply of food, water, and medicines, minimum. And Carolina Readiness Supply can help you get started or expand your supply. Food, water purifiers, lighting, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies too, because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you can use for any kind of emergency. Whether you're an experienced prepper or you have no clue what you're doing, or maybe you're somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you in Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply, will you be ready when the lights go out? Um, just giving an update here on the uh, Israeli-Hamas war. You've got, or should it, H, uh, should it be Hamas-Israel war? The HI war? The high, high war? I don't know if, if Israel is able to wipe them all out in like, you know, five, six, seven days. Whatever. I mean, they already have one called the six-day war. So they're going to have to not do it in six days. Maybe seven, then call it like the weak war or something like that. Anyway. A warning by Iran's foreign minister, Hossein Amarabalalian. He warned of preemptive action by Tehran-backed groups. Amarabalalian. I think is how he pronounces it. Anyway, he told Iranian TV that, quote, leaders of the resistance will not allow the Zionist regime to take any action in Gaza. Okay, so I kind of feel like they're moving the goalposts on this just a little bit, you know? Because, like, at first they were like, you know, don't attack us, we won't attack you. And then it's like, oh, any kind of action in Gaza, oh, any kind of American help. It's like everything, it seems like, like blows up whatever. It's almost like like the the Iran nuclear deal. I kind of get the feeling like they're not good faith, honest brokers. The Iranian regime continues to signal it is not willing to enter a direct conflict with Israel. Well, you know, that's a lie then. Tehran's mission to the U.N. has said Iran would not intervene if Israel refrains from attacking Iranian territory interests or nationals. We'll see. Meanwhile, Jordan and Egypt, they have laid out their own red line. The king of Jordan says 
speaking on behalf of both his country and Egypt, said their red line is no Gaza refugees here. That's their red line. Jordan and Egypt say, do not send a single Palestinian refugee into our country. So I guess they're apartheid states now. They're genociders. I don't make the rules, people. I do not make these rules. What else? Oh, we have a letter. 63 Democrats and 50 Republican House members um, wrote to Joe Biden calling on him to end Iran's oil trade to China and to work with Europe to snap back U.N. sanctions that are set to expire at midnight tonight. They also call for gutter and Turkey, Turkey, look, they I forgot they asked us to pronounce it differently. Even though it's always been Turkey, I think we actually named the we named the bird after the country, and they don't like that. So now it's like Turkeya, Turkeya. I think I forget. No, I'm not. I'm not trying to be offensive. It just it just comes natural. Um, and so I'm trying to look to see who all has signed on to this letter. Um, not really sure. Oh my gosh, Jamal Bowman's in the house. Hang on. Hang on. Jamal, Representative Bowman must have he must have been looking yeah, he must have been looking to leave his office, go out through a door or something. Yeah, that story just kind of died, didn't it? How come he hasn't been charged with obstructing an official congressional proceeding? Well, because we don't have a House Speaker, maybe. That's okay. I, I mean that could be it. What else? Oh. Joe Biden, which I guess this might be the reason why they sent all of the uh, the aircraft carriers and stuff, all the boats to the Mediterranean, all the ships, sorry, ships. They sent all the ships to the Mediterranean, um, maybe because they were planning to send old Joe to Israel. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken announced yesterday evening that President Joe Biden will visit Israel on Wednesday to meet with Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, which is weird because Netanyahu never even paid Hunter Biden any money. So I don't know how you get those meetings. He is, uh, he is coming here to do the following, said Blinken. Quote, first, the president will reaffirm the United States' solidarity with Israel and our ironclad commitment to its security. President Biden will again make clear. As he has done unequivocally since Hamas's slaughter of more than 1,400 people, including at least 30 Americans, that Israel has the right and indeed the duty to defend its people from Hamas and other terrorists and to prevent other attacks. The Secretary of State reiterated later in his speech the need to alleviate growing concerns about access to food, water, and energy in the Gaza Strip. So, yes, they may have raped your women, beheaded your babies, murdered your uh, elderly, burned them alive in their homes, took a whole bunch of hostages, but you should not turn their water off because that would be inhumane. However, he says, quote, we share Israel's concern that Hamas will take control of the aid that enters Gaza because, of course, it will. According to Blinken, the U.S. plans to help create safe zones within Gaza where civilians will be protected and humanitarian aid will flow unimpeded. That is, of course, until Hamas gets in there, sets up its rocket batteries, uh, and then draws all of the fire into those safe zones. Or maybe just hits a couple of the safe zones in order to generate sympathy on the world stage. 
While visiting the region, by the way, I am adding some stuff to this in case you might be wondering. This is a piece at National Review by Ari Blaff. Um, But yes, the more sarcastic, funnier elements are my own. While visiting the region, President Biden is expected to stop in Amman, Jordan, to meet with regional political leaders, including Palestinian Authority President Mahmoud Abbas. He's going to meet with Abbas, who, by the way, they came out last night or today, and they claimed, uh, uh, they announced their support and solidarity with Hamas, who, you'll recall, killed a bunch of them, killed a bunch of the Fatah people after they won their election down in Gaza. So, you know, what's a couple of murders among political adversaries, you know? Biden's also going to meet with Egyptian President Fatah el-Sisi, as well as King Abdullah II of Jordan. Um, Also, um, unintended or possibly intended consequence of the meeting, it appears to signal the postponement of Israel's invasion of the Gaza Strip. So Joe Biden shows up. And Israel now is not or cannot or will not go into Gaza. Was this all stagecraft? Was this meant to show that Israel was going to go down there and was totally going to go in and now maybe isn't ready and so they're going to use this as an excuse not to go in? Or maybe they were ready to go in and now they're like, we can't go in. Netanyahu, I thought, told Biden, no, please don't come. But Biden's going to muscle his way in there. I mean, as much as like an 89-year-old... Geriatric can muscle anything. But anyway, he's like going in there and it's going to it's going to disrupt maybe the ground invasion plans or maybe not. Who knows? You can't believe anything. Except, of course, I guess Ron DeSantis, because he said, I'm going to fly a a charter plane into there and I'm going to get a bunch of Americans out. And then he did it. And that has really, really angered Adam Kinzinger, who I think cried. Uh, That is kind of on brand for him. All right, you may have noticed that I've been helping the Alzheimer's Association of Western North Carolina for a while, and it's a great organization. they got awesome people with huge hearts. My grandfather died of Alzheimer's when I was a kid, and back then there wasn't a lot of support for caregivers and family. Now, things are different today thanks to the work of the Alzheimer's Association. It's why I support them. Every year we do a series of walks all over the country. There are a bunch in the Carolinas. You can go to alz.org slash walk for a walk to end Alzheimer's near you. This month, there are walks in Hendersonville, Rock Hill, Mooresville, Greenville. And in October, we got Charlotte, Gastonia, Asheville, Kannapolis, Hickory, and Spartanburg. Go to alz.org for all of the dates and locations. We're closer than ever to stopping Alzheimer's, and we're asking if you can help us get there. Will you walk with me for a different future for families? For more time, for treatments, this is why we walk. Uh, This is from PJ Media's Paula Bolliard. While the White House dithered around sending Americans trapped in Israel to Cyprus and other foreign locations, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis cut through the bureaucratic red tape to fly nearly 300 Floridians home to safety on Sunday. Last week, just five days after the attack on Israel, which left thousands dead and injured, DeSantis signed an executive order authorizing rescue operations in Israel to bring Floridians home, according to his Twitter post. Quote, we will not leave our residents behind to the many Floridians who are stuck in Israel trying to get home. Help is on the way. And so last Sunday, this past Sunday night, uh, he delivered on the promise, got 179 adults, 91 kids, and two dogs. Um, They landed in Tampa uh, at an emotional homecoming uh, for a lot of them. 
The DeSantis administration worked with Project Dynamo to rescue those stranded after most commercial flights from Israel to the U.S. were canceled in the wake of the attack. Many, including former Representative Adam Kinzinger, a CNN contributor, of course, as well as Trump surrogates, by the way, had criticized DeSantis's executive order last week. They called it nothing more than a publicity stunt and that he did not have the authority to execute such an operation. And then he did it. Americans who took the Biden administration up on its offer to help evacuate from Israel, they got dumped in Cyprus or Athens or Germany, and then they were told that they're going to need to pay the, the transportation costs and find their own way back to America. They were required to sign promissory notes agreeing to repay the U.S. government for travel costs. DeSantis's administration says that the airlifts are expected to continue until all Floridians are safely evacuated from Israel. And this leads to um, a, a lengthier piece by Stephen L. Miller uh, at thespectator.com. He's a contributing editor. He says, in the week-long fallout from the Hamas massacre in Israel and Israel's military counteroffensive, the sitting president and the GOP frontrunner were more publicly focused on their own pet projects than the concern that Americans were perhaps trapped in Israel. As of today, the death count of Americans murdered by the Hamas excursion stands at 30, and it still may rise. That number is also not accounting for the dozen or so hostages that the State Department cannot or won't confirm. To the public... Americans in Israel seem to be little more than an afterthought to this administration, much the same way the Biden administration would not be forthcoming about Americans trapped in Afghanistan. All of this is happening while the GOP frontrunner and former president Donald Trump is insulting Benjamin Netanyahu, calling terror organization Hezbollah smart, insulting Israeli defense ministers during rallies, and then backtracking on his truth social platform. Which, by the way, the Biden campaign, they got onto Truth Social today or yesterday. They set up an account. That should be fun. Enter Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who announced on October 12th that he would be deploying flights from, the, uh, from Florida at no expense uh, to those Americans trapped overseas. The first flight touched down last night in Florida. Uh, the optics were a coup for DeSantis, while Trump shouted all caps away on Truth Social and Biden slurred his way through a coordinated 60 Minutes interview. The optics is that DeSantis is present and focused while the two geriatric frontrunners were preoccupied either with Ticketmaster junk fees, that was Biden, and telling more personal embellishments about gays getting thrown out of restaurants or back in a courtroom and unloading on international allies at rallies. I don't know. Yeah, I think the optics look good for DeSantis on that. I mean, I've talked about it. (laughs) 